And if it's all right with everybody, I'd love to just bring us all into this space together because we are all co-creating this space and it is magical and we are so blessed to be here and just noticing where your body is right now in time and space. And sometimes even that can be a very powerful process. Like where where is your skin right now? Welcome, magical woman, to the Priestess Path podcast, embodied wisdom for cosmic connection. I am your host, Katie Moriarty, and I am a priestess initiator, a divine feminine oracle, an embodiment and leadership mentor. I do not believe we came here to do this alone. And the path of the priestess to me in this lifetime means claiming our full inheritance to all the gifts that we have accrued for many lifetimes of this work. We get to have it all sisterhood, magic, union, playfulness, wealth and abundance, full expression, and our divine purpose. And this is the place where all of you is welcome. So let's dive in. The priestess in me sees the priestess in you. Hello, beautiful, magical women. Welcome back to the Priestess Path podcast, Embodied Wisdom for Cosmic Connection. I'm your host, Katie Moriarty, and I'm so excited to announce that today I have my first ever podcast guest. It's not all about me anymore. I've got the amazing Pia Kinnock here, who I hope I said that right. I only ever call you Pia, but um, Pia, who is a friend of mine, a dear soul sister, and is just um, a galactic unicorn that's got so many different skills in the realms of like, I don't even know how to explain you because you've, you're so, you've got so much depth of, of various different ranges of things. So I'm going to let you share from your perspective, Pia, um, what you do and introduce yourself. But the intention and like the energy for today's episode is really about how to be a multidimensional woman and blend that with the embodiment, which you'll know is something I'm so big on so that we can hold space for all of our dreams and our desires and our businesses and our wealth and get our body on board with all of the magic that comes with being a multidimensional woman. So welcome, Pia. I'm so excited to have you here and fire away. Tell us all about yourself. Oh, I am so thrilled. And the number one, like the start of new beginnings, it's just so beautiful. I also pulled a little card called home um, before we had this conversation. And I loved that for you and me because we have known each other for a long time and we've definitely traveled through some depths together and I feel very honored. Thank you. So I would love to offer a little alignment after I've done my introduction, just to kind of bring all of us here into this space together because I'm fully aware that as each person listens to this recording that they will have come from some other time space location that there would have been people places situations things and emotions going on and there is an opportunity for each of us to more fully receive ourselves deeply in these conversations Um, and so that's been part of my journey actually is learning how to receive myself more deeply And part of why I have been so fascinated in understanding myself and building my skill base in health and wellness is because I came from such a dysregulated childhood. And that's part of why I collected so many skills in my efforts to try and understand myself. Like I've definitely accessed many different disciplines to try and um, learn these ways of coming together with people to feel our own wholeness, our own radiance. I felt for such a long time that there was a part of me that was broken that needed fixing. And that was part of why I kept learning so many different things because I was like, oh, it'll be this thing that helps. And I deeply recognize now with all the skills and knowledge that I have is that I just didn't feel safe in my own body for such a long time. And so understanding and teaching these foundational aspects of safety and embodied sense of safety And that means an embodied sense of being able to access all different emotional spectrums and have the flexibility and adaptability to meet the different demands and the chaos of life. Because there's one known factor in life is that it's chaotic. Like we have chaos in this universe and then we make structure and then it goes back to chaos. And so that is a little bit about me. In terms of my skill base, I started off in the wellness industries as a beauty therapist, like literally from skin to within is one of my mottos. So I learned how to touch people and energetically connect with people in like a pretty intimate way. And one of the most amazing things about touch is it's actually the first thing that our body does for itself in the womb. So it is 
a really amazing thing to be able to give and receive touch and being in service to other people was also a way that I could hide from being able to receive myself. So I just want to acknowledge that as well. I've been in divine service for a very long time, um, but that divinity has only come to me now as a, you know, as the woman that I am now, because I was doing it from a place of fear <laughs> before where I just wanted to be accepted and loved and get some, some, some sort of validation. So I just want to share that, 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 that drove part of my story for a long time. Um, so then I did all sorts of holistic dermal therapies and massage therapies and energy work and NLP. And I, then I studied to be a naturopath. I wanted to understand heaps more about how our gut influence our health. Once I studied, you know, that's a pretty intensive four-year Bachelor of Science degree. Then I realized that our nervous system was the one that dictates the health of our gut. And so I got really in deep with the nervous system, the biology of trauma, unpacking all different um, parts of the trauma pathways. And then I studied breath work and quite a number of other modalities to kind of bring me into this full spectrum of understanding human health and biology from all different places and spaces. And so that's just a little about me and my journey. Um, and so thank you so much, as I said, Katie, for having me and for your audience, for listening to me right now. And if it's all right with everybody, I'd love to just bring us all into this space together because we are all co-creating this space and it is magical. And we are so blessed to be here and just noticing where your body is right now in time and space. And sometimes even that can be a very powerful process. Like where are you, where is your skin right now? What do your feet feel like on the floor? And if you're sitting, what does the, your bum bones feel like? Can you feel any support underneath you? So either from the soles of your feet or perhaps through your buttocks, perhaps up your spine if you're on a chair. Can you feel the support of your own breath moving in and out in these beautiful rhythmic cycles? And what would it be like to explore and invite in just doubling the length of your exhale. Just allowing your exhale to flow out longer than your inhale. Just kind of arriving into your breath and just messaging your body, I am here now, present now, available now to receive. I'm just going to call in the four directions the four seasons, the four life cycles and the five elements. I'm going to call in all spirits and ancestors of this land that I am on and all the lands that each of us are on. I'm going to call in all beings of the highest light and the highest love and all of our ancestral lineage who has ever walked this earth from the moment that this earth began in its smallest form to its grandest form that brought us each to this moment, just thanking our unique life story and the combination of supportive light particles that allow our continued growth and evolution. Just offering a moment of your own inner blessing to yourself, to your body, to what has brought you right here to this moment, or past versions of self, or future versions of self, and this version of self right here, right now. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you to all aspects of this journey the hard and the fast and the soft and the slow, the laughter and the tears and the pains and the triumphs. It's all part of our wholeness. And may we all just continue to increase our capacity to receive even more aliveness and our own truth as we step forward in this journey. Thank you, and so it is. You might want to take one more longer exhale just as you come into even more alignment with yourself in this moment. Beautiful. Thank you so much. That was really divine. I hope everyone... Um, received so much from that and it's just such a good reminder to come back into our into our presence and our present moment and connect back in with what we're doing right here right now rather than racing from thing to thing and space to space so thank you so much Pia that was beautiful 
Um, I just want to acknowledge, if you're listening to this, that we've had some little sound things happening, little sounds in the background. I don't know if the frequency of this conversation is just too high for the technologies to keep up with, but I trust that the content of this is going to be worth it no matter what. And um, so, yeah, I just thank you for being gracious about whatever goes on in the background there. We're doing our best to manage it. So beautiful, Pia, and you're muted. I don't know if your your mic's turned off now. So, um, yay. Yeah, cool. Thank you. That was so magical. And I feel like that's a good testament of what you teach and what you do. And um, yeah, I just feel like this concept of like you and I have had these conversations before and inspiratrix. I feel like you have such a depth of knowledge around the body. Like it's you, you have next level knowledge around the nervous system, the body, somatics, like all the different aspects. Even, you know, I, when I first met PR, she's an amazing would you call it like a skincare therapist? Beautician doesn't say yes. yeah. Skincare therapist and she give the most amazing facials that were so divine and it was like sound healing and you could feel the energy moving and just she's just like a master of the body and you know so much. And I know last time we caught up when you were here in Byron, it was like just the conversation as friends, like your level of knowledge around what is going on for people that a lot of the time we're unconscious of that's happening in our body, in our brain, how they work together how we unconsciously repel things that we want or close down and contract and withdraw from even the pleasurable or beautiful or exciting experiences in life that feel unfamiliar. It's just um, knowledge that I feel like if more people had, they would have such a better experience of life and of their business and leadership, but also just of themselves. And so there's something that you mentioned at the beginning this around at the beginning of this conversation around like your desire was to, I can't remember the terminology you used, but it was something about you really desired to know yourself the most deeply or connect in with yourself the most deeply. Like what is it, what was it about that that made you feel like this is important, this is something that I want to experience for myself. I want to know myself more. Mm. I feel like it was the recognition that, and I can't remember the exact moment that it happened. It might have just been all of the moments finally came together and, you know, just in that little bit of spaciousness, that seed finally bloomed where all of a sudden I realised that I was running away from myself with all of my overdoings and that although um, even at that stage I had learnt all different types of yoga and yoga principles and mindfulness and meditation and sound healing and I um, I'd even learnt to I trained in qigong at that at that time I still felt this incapacity to rest and relax I was still an insomniac I um, just recognized that I hadn't yet <laughs> found the piece that helped me rest within myself and that's when I became even more curious I was like why do I feel this inherent sense of not belonging in the skin that I'm in and if I don't belong in the skin that I'm in I don't certainly don't feel like I belong here on earth yeah and I feel like that's a common story that I've heard with lots and lots of people there's this kind of inherent sense of this is not quite right um, I don't quite belong here. Hello, puppies. They've just joined that conversation for us. I they were excited. It's like, that's yeah. right. You didn't feel like that's right. Yeah, that's why I came down here to make you feel more at home. <laughs> Added emphasis. My puppies do sit right next to me and they do help me feel more at home. They're, they're great co-regulators for me. Um, and so it was honestly that that recognition that if I didn't learn how to feel safe in my own body and find a sense of belonging in my own body, I was always going to be attached to something external to me. And that meant that I was always going to think that, again, that I was broken in some way, that I needed fixing in some way, and that I would constantly need validation in some way. So I thought, I'm going to have to change this story. And that was what started me uh, learning about the somatic process of the body. And Obviously, you know, well, it's obvious to me, I'm just going to break this down for people. Our brain is the record keeper of all of the different past events that have happened to us over our lifetime from the time of conception onwards. But it's also the, this imprint of all of our surviving, like all of the ancestors that have ever survived to create us. It's also their imprints as well. And so our brain is constantly locking away and storing away 
it does store good information, but it much more easily accesses the information related to our survival. Like that was a threat. That was overwhelming. I didn't like that experience. It accesses that those memories very, very fast because we are a mammalian body. We, If we are under threat, it does signify that we could die and our body will do anything to keep us from dying. And so when we were a really little kid, obviously we had needs that had to be met or we would die. Like that included temperature regulation and food. Obviously a sense of belonging is incredibly important. However, we can survive without that. And so if any of us had an experience when we were little where we didn't really feel that we could trust a continued sense of belonging, we brace, we naturally brace against trust and safety and surrendering and that sense of belonging. We will protect ourselves. We will feel defensive around it. There's so much more familiarity with being more alone and having to, you know, fend for ourselves. Is this making sense when I'm laying down here? Totally, totally making complete sense. Yes. Okay, great. And so that familiarity with bracing does mean that we're, we're, in my perspective, we're locking away information in our body. And just think about it. Like if anyone wants to do this, even while they're listening to the podcast, like if you brace both your fists and pull in through your body, it takes a lot of energy to hold that. Yeah. And so when we, as a child are repressing movement, like if we want to express, if we want to run away, if we want something else to happen and that that isn't available for our system, that energy has to come inside of us because it hasn't been able to come out. There was no outward flow of movement and it had to come inwards. And that energy has to get stored somewhere in our body. Energy transforms. It never dies. It's always just transforming. So it will transform into patterns of bracing and tightness in our tendons, in our ligaments, in our joints. It'll move through our ankles and our feet and our knees and our hips. It'll move through our tummy and in our shoulders and through our jaw. So I know, for instance, my life pattern has been an incredibly tight jaw. I didn't get to say or express the things that I really wanted to in my life. And so there was, there's still, even now, a lot of tension that naturally wants to connect through my jaw. That means that I'm quite tight through my shoulders. And even with all the practices that I have, sometimes I'll be working or focused on something else other than my body. And when I bring my focus back to my body, I'm like, oh, <laughs> my shoulders just come all the way up. And maybe right now, as I say that, just notice where your shoulders are at. Is that the position that you'd like them to be at? Or perhaps there's a little more ease that could be created there. And so it's this kind of constant flow between noticing where these contraction, bracing and tightening pattern, tightened patterns are and where there are other patterns that either are more neutral or more open. But coming back into what happens over childhood, when it's our familiarity to be braced and to be contracted and to withhold that information, that's what we're naturally going to be doing then through teenage years, through adulthood years, and in any experience where we have another activation of charge coming, our body's already holding a lot of energy. Like as we just, you know, that example that we went through, like there's a lot of energy being held inside when we move through life and move through new experiences where even more energy has to be applied to understand the new information, to receive joy or happiness or pleasure or ease or grace, like any, any kind of, they're all activating this. They, they all carry charge. Our body still has to do something with that. So if it doesn't have very much space to move that charge, it will naturally push it away. It has to, because it just doesn't have the capacity to deal with that charge. And that's why we can have mental desires as we get older to, you know, be someone else and to do something else that our body is naturally moving into these protective mechanisms for us because it just doesn't have enough familiarity with opening up and being able to receive that charge. It currently doesn't have anywhere for that charge to go. That makes so much sense, like on so many levels around all the things we want to experience in life. And it's like, whilst you're talking, I'm thinking about my relationship with Catch, and I'm like, I actually notice sometimes when he's being really loving or he's even giving me, or it could be anyone, but I just particularly notice it in our dynamic, but he's giving me like a lot of verbal affirmation, which is actually my love language and I want to receive it. But he's telling me like how much he loves me, something that I've, I've done that he's really admiring, like how beautiful I am. 
I will check my posture and oftentimes notice that my shoulders are really raised and I'm like, wow, on some level, I'm really struggling to receive this right now, even though I like it, I want it, it's beautiful. There's a part of me that's so uncomfortable with that level of love and devotion and adoration and reflection. And it's just like the more attuned you start to become to your body's responses to these things and what your particular patterns are, the more you start to notice where you are unconsciously blocking yourself from receiving what you actually desire because it feels unsafe and unfamiliar yeah thank you so much for offering that reflection and i deeply relate i i really understand and i also want to acknowledge that in my journey i got really fixated on trauma healing for myself and what i didn't understand with all of those experiences of learning and seeing practitioners is that if I didn't practice embodying joy, ease, happiness, that I still was stuck in my trauma patterns because I still wasn't allowing my body to understand that there was capacity and safety, like an ability to anchor in these different states and these different frequencies. And so this is where the awareness practice is so important. And usually how I start with people is just naming, naming, naming emotions and naming sensations. And a lot of times people can only name five to seven emotions. And, you know, there are, there are apps that have named 32,000 emotions. I mean, we actually can get very, 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 very nuanced. I usually provide people with a list of about 400 words because the more nuanced you can get, the more seen, heard and validated those emotions can feel. It's like, oh, she really gets me she's it's like when someone says you know not that I get I only get called this actually if I'm in trouble from my mum Pia Catherine Kynock but if someone was to use my full name I, I would think oh, they really know all of my name they know all of the letters they know how to say it and they're naming me so they're really noticing that I'm here and I feel like emotions respond to that similarly to what we do when we're named and seen sensations are the same most people you know are like oh yeah I feel tight and often what they aren't sure is what does expansion feel like what does trust feel like so sometimes people can say oh yeah I feel so open right now where specifically and what does that feel like and if you were to notice even more parts of you that felt open what does that transform into? Because often when we notice sensations in our body, just in the noticing, that energy gets to transform and move, yeah? Yeah. And the height of, just also to make it clear, sometimes it can be very confronting for a body that's used to being defensive to even practice what it's like to open. Because a defensive posture our cells can be defensive, tissues can be defensive, organ systems and our whole organ ourselves can actually be so naturally attuned to defensiveness that just letting go and releasing will set up a trauma response and will your all parts of your mind-body system will be like, no, 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 get away from that. It's, that's bad. That's dangerous. There are going to be lots of little stories and attachments related to that. So that's why being held in sacred space with a practitioner can be very, very helpful because you are being witnessed, you are being held, you are being guided, you are being supported. Sometimes doing it on our own can be challenging. And that's why learning what different tools and resources can just help you open a little bit and just kind of titrate the experience. Because if you kind of go too hard too soon into feelings of openness and trust, then that's trauma, yeah? Your body will become immobilized. It won't know what to do with that energy and that charge. It will want to shut down. It will want to disassociate. It will want to numb out. That's just the overwhelmed pattern when it doesn't know what to do with the charge moving through the body because it hasn't had enough practice at feeling it yet. So it does take practice. I just want to really make sure that that lands for people just going yeah. into an experience of, you know, I'm going to open my body. That can, that can be huge. And and I would love to say that that's what I had that experience in, in sound healing journeys, in yoga classes, in breathwork journeys, even in massage situations where I would open and receive so much and then have no idea in my mind-body system how to calibrate to that amount of information moving through my body that I actually then went into further shutdown after that session had completed. 
So sometimes I'd walk out of a session, I'd be like, I am new, I am brand new, I'm living a new life, I'm embodying a new identity, and I just wouldn't be able to maintain it or hold it because my body wanted to get it away because there wasn't enough familiarity with that pattern yet. Yeah, and I teach a method around this called Activate, Integrate, Embody, which is where, like, the activation's one element and then there's the integration before the embodiment, which is, I feel like, the part that's missing in a lot of these spaces in the healing, personal development realms. But also, like, I was just having this conversation with the women in Inspiratrix because I was like, the thing about, you know, um, healing and ascension and evolving is that whatever the healing is or the experience or the depth or, or the measure of that you need equal if not more amount of space for integration so like the bigger the experience the bigger the integration energetically mentally emotionally physically and I feel like in a lot of ways we're wired through our programming and conditioning to want the big experiences to validate that it's working right or that we're actually changing and evolving because we're so used to just throwing ourselves into these situations because we're not attuned to our limits and it's like the, the the harder this is the deeper this is the bigger this is i must be getting somewhere and it's like i really feel like the refinement in this space of feminine leadership is to be able to attune to your needs and your vulnerabilities and actually slow down the pace and yes sometimes those big experiences are exactly what you need those big moments of like release or somatic release or emotional release or like they're all they're all one and the same in a way or that big activation is what you need in that moment and then the integration support to actually fully embody that shift is paramount to hold it um, without collapsing or like you know something chaotic ensuing beyond that or not or going back to the old way but honestly on my journey the more of this I've done it's like for me the subtle shifts hold so much power and they can be so subtle that you almost wouldn't notice them when you're no longer addicted to the huge highs and lows you can actually allow the journey to be so much more gentle and it's in those subtle refinements that actually like you can quantum leap still but without feeling these chaotic like highs and lows that take you out of the game for such a long time so what do you like what's your perspective on that Oh, I love that so much. There's a few different things. So I feel like we've been taught, we have watched so many people who were disembodied, like they, they're pushing their body beyond limits and that's what our culture has celebrated. I myself have never once, like when I was growing up, or I'm just trying to think, I really don't think I've ever once been presented with footage or a story of, person, of a person that was going really slow <laughs> and being like, oh, yes that's amazing they're, they're really listening to themselves like I've never had that experience that that celebration is only something pretty new in my life and I now hang out with people who celebrate that but it certainly was a very foreign concept to me so I just want to reiterate how much this is not just of our generation it's like these are generation layers and layers and layers of you know celebrating people who are out of their body and you know, that's, that's just what we've become accustomed to. And I also want to come back into you noticing like the subtle energy. So if you think about, again, like if our body has to suppress, repress, you know, minimize um, energy in different compartments and places and spaces, it takes a lot to keep that lid on. Yeah. Like it takes a lot of energy to hold that energy. And so because it, our body can become so hyper-focused on those places, because they're so actually energized and activated, we can completely lose touch with the other parts of our body that are subtly moving energy. And this is what the pendulation practice is so beautiful. Like you can notice the hyperactivated part of you and you can be, you know, like, oh, right now I've got a big knot in my tummy. And where else have you got another part of your body that feels different to that, that might feel neutral, that actually might even feel expanded in this moment? And what would it be like to offer an introduction to those two places inside of you? Because often any place inside of us that is hyperactivated, that is bracing, that is contracted, I believe that that part of us feels incredibly isolated in that moment. Just like we do when we're in a trauma response, we feel alone, we feel misattuned, we feel unheard and unseen and undervalued. We don't feel supported. We don't feel like we can allow supporting. We can't trust. And so as soon as that part of us that is bracing against the present moment, because it's attached to an expectation of threat from the future 
or it's ruminating or worrying about something that's previously happened in the past, that bracing part of us can all of a sudden recognize that there's another part of our body that can it can share energy with, share resources with, and all of a sudden that part of our body is not so alone and that energy and that information can move. And I would love to expand a little bit more on that energy and information conversation related to light as well. I would love to bring that in, but I just wanted to ask that answer your question enough, Katie. Yeah. And and I'd love to expand on that too. And before we do, just for people that actually have no idea what we're talking about. So can you explain titration, pendulation, just like in a simple form so that people understand the concepts of what you're talking about there a little more deeply? Yes. Thank you. So titration is kind of a fancy scientific term for like uh, just really small doses, like just like working out what is the smallest dose that creates the next layer of change. And so when we're, tri- when we're titrating, we literally are just like, oh, I'm just going to add this tiny more little piece of awareness or of my own touch. And then if that calibrates and aligns, then we could titrate and add just a little more. Or we might be like, well, actually... I've reached the top end level of my titration here. If I move into another level, there's going to be an explosion. There's going to be too much happen, (laughs) you know? And so that is a very unique experience for each person. How I titrate within myself is going to be completely different to how Katie would titrate in herself. It depends on the day, on the circumstances, what our resources are like literally on that day, plus all of our past experiences of what it's been like to titrate and to learn ourselves. Pendulation is another type of somatic term that just offers an understanding, just like a clock, um, you know, ticks, you know, if you're looking at a, a you know, grand clock that uh, was moving its pendulum from side to side. It's a, a little like that in our body. So just as I said, with that bracing pattern that we might have, you know, a threat seemingly has arrived in, in our life for this moment, I might've just got a phone call or an email or a dog might have barked, whatever it might be, and my body braces against that, and I can feel that, and somewhere else in my body, I will have another part that is not bracing. It's just the natural order of our body. For every contraction, there's also an expansion. For every expansion, there's also a contraction. If I could pendulate and find the other side of that bracing pattern somewhere else, then I have that whole spectrum to be able to explore in my own body. And so that means I can move my awareness and my breath from the very tight and contracted part. And, you know, I'm just going to use the top of my right ear as my other example. It's not bracing at all in this moment. And so I could swing my intention and attention, which is movement of energy in my body from the top of my right ear and then down to my tummy and then from my tummy to the top of my right ear. So I'm literally pendulating. And I'm just using those two as an example, but we can pendulate between any parts of ourselves internally or externally. I could also use a plant that's in front of me. So I could pendulate from my body to the plant. You know, it can be internal or it can be internal, external. Thank you. And what's like, how would you define then the difference between titration and pendulation? Like, Ah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So if I'm pendulating between, say, the tightness in my tummy, I can titrate to how much of that tightness am I available to experience right now without disassociating? Like how present can I stay to this? Is it one breath? Is it two breaths? Is it three breaths? Could I put my hand there? Just noticing at which point do I kind of want to check out of that situation? And for some people, it could be very brief. And then as you practice and titrate, practice titrating, you might be able to stay a little longer. And that's the same with the the top of my right ear. How long can I stay present to that? One breath, two breaths, three breaths. Can I touch it? What happens when I practice with these things? If it feels like it's too much, I just simply back off and I come back to my original start point. And then I again, just see if I can expand just a little bit from that start point. And if that's okay and that feels settled, can I expand just a little bit more? That might just be enough just like that. And then I integrate that. I just kind of allow that inner conversation then to kind of settle and find a new place to be inside of me. Like that has just occurred. 
what's it like for that to have just occurred? <laughs> so that's the difference between pendulation and tit the titration experience. Was that clearer? Yeah, thank you. That makes total sense. And I think it's just good for people to kind of get a concept of what you're talking about. So like the simplicity of this, I think, is what so many people overlook when it comes to working with the nervous system, working somatically, healing themselves, bringing the multidimensionality into the body. Because like I said, a lot of the time we're wired to want those big experiences. And it's like this work has been so game changing for me on every level because it's like that's what allows you to explore and create more capacity to to be with more which means like from a business perspective for, for example um like you can hold more you can hold more of the challenge and you can hold more of the goodness of it and you trust your ability to be able to expand your capacity to hold more because you've had the experience of, oh, look, I went into that place of discomfort for a moment. I could hold that. And then I could also be with over here where it felt neutral or it felt whatever, good, whatever. And I could be with both. And on some level, like which you would understand that I don't really understand, that builds such a resilience and capacity where you start to trust yourself and know that, hey, just because there's some discomfort doesn't mean I die. Actually, that worked out really well for me. Hey, just because I had this amazing moment and I had a huge win, nothing bad happened on the other side of that. And I was able to experience and be with that feeling of pleasure or joy or whatever it was. And actually, what I've noticed is I can be with both at the same time and they don't cancel each other out. And it's like, from that place, I feel like we expand our capacity as women on a body level, mind level, on all levels to be able to hold more light, hold more power, hold more money, hold more clients, hold more of all of the things and have that resilience that's required because, you know, the women listening to this, they want to achieve amazing things in the world. They want to have impact. They want to create, um, they want to serve, they want to lead, they want to push the edges of what's possible. And I feel like it's such a beautiful invitation to soften the approach that you bring to yourself and to everything that you're stepping into and creating and like bring that gentler um, approach, which in and of itself to me is part of the healing. Because when you've been pushing yourself to your edges over and over for your whole life, dishonoring your own needs, your boundaries, like that, that inner voice and your body's messages to you, even the act of softening that approach to listen, to be with, to actually like notice your needs and your edges, like that to me is such a profoundly healing thing to do that is like, you know, it's been absolutely game changing for me. Mm, yeah, thank you, honey. And this is, this is the aspect that I feel like a lot of people don't quite get is that if you have spent a lifetime not trusting abundance in any way, shape or form or connection or belonging to a, to a deep, like to, to the level that you would deeply desire, then there is a trauma response involved. Like there is some sort of innate protective blocking mechanism that's holding you away from all of your desires. And I, in my perspective, I know it's from our body bracing against the trust and so it's the trust learning the trust to be able to slow down learning the trust to be able to connect to yourself to connect with your breath in learning the trust your brain will come up with a many different stories why that's not a good idea it will want to choose the procrastination pathway or oh, we'll just do this pathway or we'll do this first or we're too tired today. Like there will be a lot of different things that come up in the journey of learning to trust yourself because if it's never happened before, there will be a belief somewhere in the body that if you trust yourself, you will shine your light too bright and as you shine your light too bright, you will be seen and for whatever reason in our past experience, that has meant a threat to our survival. And so... This is the unlearning to relearn our light. And I also feel like as we're relearning our light, like light holds information about time and space. Like that's what light is. It's literally the code of the universe. Like water, light, and magnetism drive everything that we know about life. And so we are light beings. And, you know, that 
code of light is very meaningful for our bodies. It doesn't matter whether we're eating light in the form of food or liquids or whether that light's coming from the sun or an artificial device that we happen to be looking at or being surrounded with right now. Every single light cue in our world is a code for something. And so if we have parts of our body that are bracing, you can imagine that there's a lot of light codes in there. There's actually a lot of information, but I believe that that information that we've been holding and suppressing from the time of conception, it could be, you know what I mean? Like it depends on the person and what's been going on. That's why we can be so stuck in patterns that are literally not related to this present moment, time, space, and age, because that pattern of bracing and contraction and tightening in our body is coded to the suppression and the repression of the light information from that time of trauma. Does that make sense? So as we're unlocking, we're, we're releasing that information into the web of integration and of evolution and of growth. Yeah, I love that. And like, this is what I'm always saying about um, my work. I feel like such a huge part of the embodiment work that I'm doing with women is where this multidimensional, amazing light being soul tapped into the whole quantum universe, all of source energy. And that's who we are on a soul level. And it's like, the more that you can bring that and anchor that into your human expression, that's what's magnetic that's what's unique that's the joy that's the freedom that's the expansion that is the most magnetic energy possible when it's expressed through your unique body vessel through your channel uh, channel but the clearing of space so that you can actually be that firstly but also feel safe to hold that and express that like that is really the key for me and that's where I feel like that body work is so important. The somatics is so important because you are clearing space and you're clearing the old stories. And we know that like energy is like what you're talking about. If that all that energy and all of that stuff is coded there, it's just a magnet for more of what that is. And so the more that you're able to actually like release those old codes, if you if that's how we're going to describe it, which makes sense to me, obviously, what you're then channeling through is more of that pure truth and frequency and therefore you are magnetic to more of those experiences to more of that like even from just that energetic point of view and I really do think that's the key is that the energetics and the body work together they're not like separate it's all one expression and if more people understood that, and I know that it's become a movement and I know people are talking about the nervous system and somatics and all those sorts of things. There's still a lot of women that come into my work and I have a base level of this in my programs, in my business programs, because I'm like, I just cannot teach business anymore without at least bringing in the foundational pieces of this. But the amount of women that come in and they literally have no idea about the nervous system whatsoever. It's like there's a long way for us to go in terms of really bringing our body in on board with that multidimensional expression and what we're wanting to create. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And I really want to acknowledge that I believe embodiment is being able to be with the fullness of the sensations and the expressions of emotions on the full spectrum. You know, like say we might fear something and if we were able to be with that fear and acknowledge it name it you know kind of identify some more pieces around it then that fear can then move into an understanding that there's tension there from that tension we can understand that behind that tension there's some courage and there's some willingness and there's capabilities and abilities you know you can really move down the line and so from that point of fear if if there was no acknowledgement of, of what was going on and there was just a repeat of the pattern where you were most unconsciously focused on the fact that the fear was there and the fear dictated your next choices because you didn't bring yourself into an awareness of your body in the present moment, then you don't build the capacity to move through the tension points, the courage points, the willingness points, the capability points, the shining points, the being received points, trusting in being received, like that all of those things that flow on and then you build into even more love of self, even more joy in self. And so you're moving through that full spectrum and allowing yourself to experience the embodiment of it. And it's 
also for me, sometimes when I've had these amazing experiences and I'm bringing in my multidimensional self and I'm living my dreams, or I might've had a quantum jump with something. And I also then might have a recognition that there's a part of myself that wants to grieve, grieve the part of myself that didn't believe or that um, was feeling really stuck or that, you know, grieving all the things that did happen to me that I didn't deserve and the things that didn't happen to me that I did deserve. You know, there's an acknowledgement within that joy of my current moment that there might be a contrasting part that's having a lived experience inside of my system. And if I choose to keep it unacknowledged, then I feel like the integration and the coherence between my system is somewhat limited. So embodiment's not about bypassing and simply focusing on everything is joy and light and love. And yes, like those things can become more of our familiar path and we can move our needle of experience. So we don't need to be so addicted to pain and suffering and hardship and drama and trials and tribulations. We can literally move our needles so that our contrasting experiences aren't so wild and deep and hurtful because we have more tools and resources and we believe more in rupture and in repair rather than rupture. And so it is about the fullness of our experience and being able to acknowledge and witness what's in ourselves as we grow, as we evolve and continue to enjoy the contrast. Because in the con, any contrasting experience is still an experience of our manifestation ability, of our vibration, of our energy, and then that ability to manifest. So if I'm manifesting a contrasting experience, how can I create an understanding of that opportunity to meet another part of myself that would love a little more acknowledgement, acceptance, identification, and an ability to transform? I love it. Like, I feel like when you describe that emotional alchemy from transforming it from that initial form of fear all the way through to like joy, for example, it's like, to me, I'm just like, that's the hero's journey. That's the heroine's journey in the form of our emotions moving through their expression within us. Like, it's like these mini little hero's journey just taking place, taking place over and over again so we can come into the fullness of who we are. But I also like from that perspective, want to ask you, so rather than people seeing it as fear's a bad emotion and it's got to be released and joy is a great emotion, you're actually saying that that emotion energy can go on its own evolutionary journey when you're able to be with it all and through the being of it I suppose on some level you're guiding it and it turns into its highest expression so it's all one energy in the end anyway is that what you're saying yeah my belief is that it's literally just light in different forms places and spaces and as we get to move that light energy that shifts our vibration and our magnetism as you brought in before. And I really want to acknowledge the humanness and the individuality of this experience because, you know, our genetics do play a role. Our epigenetics do play a role. Our current nutritional status, our hydration status, what is our level of artificial light exposure and or natural light exposure, man-made EMF, natural like earth-based EMF exposure, you know, all of every exposure that we have has an impact on our body's current capacity. And if there are deficiencies or excesses going on that are changing your body's ability to move energy and you want to do energy work and you want to transform and, you know, and, and, and I want to do all these things, that could be a limiting factor that maybe you're unaware of as well. And that's why I do the work that I do so that I can help people embrace and empower more of their own decisions for their own life cycles that allow them to experience their full spectrum of self because when our cells have the energy flowing through them we have capacity for the aliveness of whatever's present in the moment we can call more of our presence in and so we're not running away in the future we're not ruminating in the past we're literally here now because I have the capacity to talk to more parts of me and to flow energy through more parts of me. So capacity isn't just a cognitive understanding of capacity. It's a physical, physiological and psychological experience of that. And a lot of the physiological things you've got no idea about, like you don't know what your current pH is or, you know, like what, what, what's your level of B12 currently or vitamin D, even if you've just had a blood test, like that's just one very small marker. There's a lot more going on intracellularly and extracellularly. So I just want to say that there's, of course, like everything in life, more depth and more perspective available. (laughs) 
I love this because I feel like one of the huge feminine wounds is this comparisonitis. And so, like, you know, everyone's outside looking at, well, this person's earned this and this person's done this in their business and this person's done that and that person has a beautiful relationship and I don't and they have an amazing body and they have this and they have that. And it's, like, actually, like, within what you have available, like you said, based on even just your ancestral trauma alone, it is not an even playing field in terms of, like, what people are moving through therefore naturally firstly our strengths are going to be different anyway and comparison is just a total illusion and trap but like that aside from that perspective that you're talking about depending on your life experience your upbringing what's in your ancestral lineage is going to impact like what you're available for and how you move through this work so the concept of comparing yourself in any way to anyone outside of you and your journey is just really rendered completely void because there is no like it is such an individual unique thing to move through yeah and you know what general I mean I'm going to use myself as an example I'm not going to make assumptions about anyone else I was so scared of my own uniqueness because that, that if I claimed my uniqueness it meant I was claiming my power which meant I was claiming my light which for me was a threat because I hadn't learned enough familiarity with my acceptance of myself. And so if we can hold, you know, curiosity over judgment and compassion over comparison, we're already halfway there. And so sometimes it's just about relanguaging the, the statements that we're making to ourselves. So instead of making statements to ourselves, we're asking ourselves open-ended questions. Um, so you know, one of the things that I teach in my nervous system course is like, isn't that interesting? I wonder what that could be showing me, teaching me. I wonder, you know, what else I could learn about this now that I'm aware. I just braced against that person. I just had a moment where I've disassociated from my body. My breath rate's just changed. I can feel my heart rate's gone up. My temperature has changed. I'm flushing through my face. All of these little physiological signs, which so many of us are unaware of over the course of our day, are all cues for how safe we feel or how threatened we feel. And sometimes our body can actually be misattuned to the cues. Like, again, I've made this example before. Um, I think I do it in my nervous system course too. Like, what's the difference between nervousness and excitement? Like, like they're pretty similar energies when you feel about it, like when you when you feel into it. So nervousness is coming inwards as, as a felt experience, where is excitement's coming outwards. Like there's actually more movement. I'm excited. I'm jumping up and down. I'm using my hands. I'm, you know, I'm smiling more. I mean, my eyes might be bigger. There's actually just more expression. Whereas nervousness, we tend to come inwards more and hold that in. And so sometimes just teaching our body that we can move through these nuances. You might still have bracing patterns inside with nervousness. Could you transform it into excitement? Like, could I be, could I be becoming more excited about this moment rather than pulling away from this moment? And what would I need for myself? Like what levels of support, tools, resources, what inner languaging could be helpful? Love that. Thank you. Um, I love that curiosity because I feel like that's actually sort of serves what I'm about to speak about, which is that, um, and your nervous system course sounds amazing by the way. So I will put like your contact details in the show notes. So if anyone wants to reach out to you, wants access to your programs, um, I will make that available, but I really just want to touch on self-leadership in this healing journey, because what I feel like in the piece around sovereignty, like what you're describing to me is your ability to attuned to your own nuanced journey is actually you being in a level of sovereignty around your own experience. Whereas, you know, my, what I've noticed on this journey for myself is I've been self-led in my healing journey, but not just in the perspective of I'm looking for solutions to heal myself, but in the perspective, since I've done more of the embodiment work, as opposed to just the energetic work or the somatic or exploring the nervous system, what I've noticed is it's like, well, actually, all of this aside, how is my experience of this? How am I responding to this? What's working for me? What's not working for me? What, like, what do I, what, what do I actually observe in myself? Because I want to be self-led, which doesn't mean I don't get support from the right people because I a hundred percent believe in that. And I always will. I love mentorship. I love healing. I love all of the things and having that like high level of support. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to the work that we're about to do together. But 
um, what I mean by this is I feel like sometimes people come into my world and because I give some overviews of the nervous system and I teach bits and pieces through my own thing from the things that I've learned and embodied, which is very limited, by the way, compared to someone like yourself, people are like, well, I just want you to tell me, but how do I regulate my nervous system? And am I in fight or am I in flight? Am I in freeze? And what, just give me the tools that I need because they want me to tell them what they need to know. And I think this is such a powerful piece for women on this journey because everyone is different. We're all unique. All of our nervous systems respond differently from what I understand. And it's like, that is the bypassing and the not acknowledging and the not being with that has created all of this in the first place, not just within this perspective, but has, you know, even from the over hyper masculine perspective that so many of us have lived through is just like that feminine aspect of being isn't important. Keep producing, keep doing this, give your power away. Someone else tell me what to do. And it's like actually like part of the reclamation in this whole process and reclaiming your power that self-trust and self-leadership is taking the time to explore this journey and get to know yourself and your body and reclaiming your sovereignty in what is a yes for you, what's a no, what's a later, what's a right now, and also being able to notice, like, these tools really work for me. I actually think I am in a fight response right now, and this is how I know, and this is what, like, you know, and this is actually what is helpful for my nervous system right now, and I'm going to create the space to do that versus someone just give me the pieces and I'll just do the thing and, you know, it's just another thing on my to-do list. And I feel like the energy and attitude you bring to this work is the thing that's going to accelerate and expand you in a beautiful way and bring you more closer and deeper to yourself or just create more of that disharmony that's already already there so I don't know if you have any thoughts on that I just want to celebrate and honor and acknowledge the truth of that in in my experience it is so true most people don't want to walk the path of full self-responsibility self-mastery because it takes showing up and it takes commitment. And, you know, if we don't have commitment, what do we have? Hesitancy. Yeah. Like, you know, if we're not committed, then we've got a whole lot of other things going on, which are part generally of the protective defensive patterns of our body. And that's why if we don't keep learning to step in, create awareness, create just a little, we have like Katie or I, we cannot be with you 24 seven to step into different moments of different days where you're running or off into the future or projecting into the past where you're not present and your body's in a threat response. We cannot be there the whole time to say, Hey, gather yourself to yourself. Just find a moment. Like these are some different tools and resources that you can lean on in this moment, just to create a little bit more presence with yourself. As you create more presence with yourself, you can identify your own patterns, which are different to mine, different to Katie's, different to anybody else's. Your patterns are unique to you. And yes, I can I can talk about patterns. I can talk about even patterns of the nervous system. Like what does fight response look like? I mean, it generally looks defensive. It looks controlling. It looks like there's aggression. The flight response looks like overworking, overdoing, overcommitted, running. <laughs> like you're just on the run. You're on the go. Fawn response looks like you need to appease. You need to belong. You will do anything to belong. Freeze response. You can be in automatic obedience with freeze response and just be going through and ticking off the list, you know, like a little, you know, like you just, you're not present. You're not really available to anything else. You're just doing the do. Or you can be in full immobile freeze response where you're completely checked out. And so, yes, there are patterns that we can identify, but the way that your body moves into those patterns and the triggers and your own resources to move beyond them is going to be your journey. And no one else can teach the language of your own body. You need to learn it. Like your body is, te- your own body is teaching you your own language, but it's like your own code, you know, like, again, we can teach you things about physiology and interoceptive awareness, like listening to your heart rate, your breath rate, you know, like the, even how much saliva you have in your mouth, how many times you're blinking, like you know, all of the different internal signs inside of your body, you can listen to them, but what meaning you make out of it is very, it's your own relationship to yourself. Mm, Love that. Such a, yeah, such an important point. And I just think everything in life and business is around, it's based on our self-leadership. And sometimes self-leadership looks like 
massive courage in the face of uncertainty. And sometimes it looks like creating space to rest, to meet your needs, to be attuned to the most vulnerable part of you, not the strongest part of you, and actually listen to that and move from that and, you know, protect that part. And like, I I just feel like being self-led in that desire to really um, know yourself and meet your own needs first from which place I feel like life can meet your needs too others can meet your needs but you know I really feel like it always comes back to us it starts with us and it ends with us so is there anything else that you wanted to touch on and share around that conversation and well then- I also just I also just while you were speaking I really want to talk about values as well you know like when we are aligning to our own unique values and you know how we prioritize our values is going to be very individual that's also one of the things that keeps us on the path yeah like that keeps us in tune with ourselves someone's highest values could be to soften you know one of my highest values is well, a couple of my highest values are abundance and connection so it, how is this next decision creating abundance for me? And how is my body aligning to that? And so if I consider my body's response rather than just focusing on my nervous system response, it's like, how is it that I, my whole body can expand into this moment of abundance or just hold a little more space to meet it? I don't even need to expand into it, but how could I just hold space to meet it? And what would that feel like? And so when I'm aligning to my values with my body, that means that I can continue the practice of embodying my values. And as I embody my values, I'm embodying more of my mission, my purpose, my direction, and my ability to choose things that are creating more health in all different areas. And so that I feel like is also a really important part of the journey. And I really don't want to skip over that piece and how important it is to for people to be clear on their values so that they can help their whole body system align as they go through these different processes of meeting themselves day after day i love that and it just goes to show like the there's such a broad scope of this work and yeah i do feel like we're on this lifelong healing journey together this evolutionary just magical adventure this heroine's journey um you are such a wealth of knowledge i would love to know like thank you so much for everything that you've just shared i would love to know if people want to work with you or want to know more about what you teach, like firstly, what do you do? And then secondly, where can they find you? Like I'll put your links to all the things in the show notes, but yeah, just tell me a little bit about that. Amazing. And I also feel like it would be beautiful. I feel very inspired to offer your your tribe a discount on my nervous system course. So for anyone that feels like they are ready to understand the language of their own body a little more, that nervous system course is there to help you. It's, you know, fully online, on-demand access so that you can tune into it whenever and wherever you are. Um, and I feel like that could be an amazing point to start with. It's literally my foundation. When I'm working with clients one-on-one, I I love it when people have already accessed the nervous system course because it's over 12 hours worth of content where you're learning safety in your body. And from that point of you having learnt some practices that do invite in more safety in your body you can receive more you can receive more of the education or the wisdom that I'm offering you you can receive more of the dietary changes the lifestyle changes like any of those components that then get layered in you actually have created enough safety a new foundation from which you get to grow you can't really grow and evolve unless you can receive <laughs> so that's why I really like starting there um, and so I do work one-on-one with people and you can either we can go kind of deeper where we're looking at all of the internal and external components from your you know lived experience of life from the time of conception onwards and map out a you know a plan as to how we can move you into some different places with more ease and a greater understanding and wisdom of your own body. And I also do drop-in sessions so people can book an evolution session with me where, you know, we might not have ever met each other before, but you can show up for a certain amount of time and tell me what's bothering you, what's your current issue, what is it that you want to transform, and we can move through some of those pieces on that day in that session so that you can get kind of an immediate access um, and response. So yeah, they're two of the best ways to start working with me. Um, and there are other ways as well. I do corporate wellbeing programs. I, yeah, I, I offer group coaching. 
all, all, all different ways. PiaKynok.com and Pia, the spiritual naturopath, is how you can reach out to me. I'm totally down for questions and, and um, for you to ask any more pieces. I love sharing information. So thank you, Katie. Kynok, not Kynok, Kynok. Yeah, I also I don't know if you've looked into names, but it's really gorgeous. The first part I like I like the etymology of words, like where did that word come from and what's the meaning behind it. So my first name Pia means pious and good and reverent, and my second name Kynock is from a Scottish clan and it means hard-headed chief. <laughs> so I'm like a really goodly hard-headed leader. <laughs> and I love that so much because I feel like that's that duality that's the multi-faceted faceted woman you are like all of the things and you're you are those things and we get to be all of the things that is so perfect I'm so glad we finished on that um amazing thank you you've been such a wealth of knowledge this has been so fun I feel like we're gonna have to do a part two at some point but um really honoring you thanking you for being here and everybody that is listening I will pop Pia's details in the show notes so you can easily find her and um yeah i just really want to say thank you so much pia for your magic thank you everyone for listening um and i will see you all on our next episode thank you beautiful pia thank you so much love blessings okay so that is it for today's episode if something in this podcast speaks or spoke to you i invite you to share it on instagram or facebook and then tag me so i can share it too and we can connect And if it feels aligned, I would so deeply appreciate if you would leave a review so that other people can find this podcast as well. My socials are linked in the show notes, as well as links to find out more about me and my work. And finally, please make sure to subscribe so you can stay up to date with all of the goodness I have planned for this platform, of which there is a lot. See you on the next episode.